This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 178. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I'm great. This is, well, mostly because this is my favorite podcast of the year to do. Yeah, yeah, this is a good one. I really look forward to this one every year. Um, and it's funny, I look back and what we've done, it. I think this is our third year to do this particular podcast. So what are we talking about, Lisa? We are talking about our colored pencil gift ideas. All right, let's just launch right into this. This may be a two-parter. I don't know. We'll see how far we go here. We've got quite the list. All right, so I think you cannot ever be without the colored pencil magazine. So if you have not subscribed to the colored pencil magazine, I think that's a must-have on your list. And it's easy to gift to somebody. It's Mm -hmm. not expensive, but it's so valuable. That is definitely a must-have for the colored pencil artist. Definitely. So part of the reason why you want to get this magazine is because it talks about your favorite medium, colored pencil. And there's a Q&A column by Barb Sodiropoulos, and we just interviewed her not the, all that long ago, so you can look back in the show archives and pull that one up. Uh, they also do pencil reviews. They do a lot of other product reviews inside the catalog and a featured artist, and so they do a whole write-up and show their artwork And then they also have a challenge every month. Those are just some of the highlights that I think of quickly whenever I think of this great magazine. What about you, Lisa? Yeah, it's got tons of tips, and you Mm -hmm. can get it either in digital format, so if you're like me and you like everything to be digital because you don't want to take up space, or they have the hard copy that you can get, too. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's just like a a necessary item if you're a colored pencil artist. And in the show notes, I mean, everything that we talk about today, there's always going to be a link over there, so you don't have to write any of this down. You can just go over there. We take all these notes for you, and there's always a link to the Colored Pencil Magazine in every show notes. The next thing on our list is actually on both John and our my list, and since it's a race of who gets to say it first, I'm going to do that now. Sketchbooks. I'm currently really getting into sketchbooks for several reasons that we will actually be going into in another podcast because... They're amazing. This is such an, a great book or great gift to give to somebody. There's so many different types. Do be aware of what type you're giving to that artist. So if they are going to be working primarily in colored pencil, try to choose a sketchbook that works well with that. I actually really like mixed media sketchbooks for colored pencil. If they're going to be using, let's say, a water-based pencil like ink tents or watercolor pencils, then you want to go with something that is intended for that. So do watch for that. But sketchbooks, I think, are such a good gift that you just can never have enough of. Very, very true. Yeah, I like to have a variety of them in different sizes, and then I like to have uh, different types of paper as well, because sometimes, you know, you just feel like using like micron pens, or you feel like using uh, maybe just graphite or charcoal or something like that. I feel like, though, if you're going with something that 
you know, just daily taking around with you, then it doesn't really matter a whole lot. But if you think, oh, I'm going to use this for mixed media, then if you're looking for a sketchbook, particularly for that, then you might want to try to grab like the watercolor type of uh, paper. Yeah, and watch because some of them I've gotten a few watercolor paper that is extremely rough that wouldn't it wouldn't really cross over well between a water bait or water medium and a colored pencil. It's too rough for colored pencil. So do watch for that. But it's something. I mean, you can go. They have sales all the time on those. You can get multiple types of sketchbooks for the person too, which is really fun. And some of them are really just gorgeous the way that they're designed. So they're fun to, at least with me, I like my really pretty ones. I like to, you know, carry them around from room to room just because they look fancy. I have issues. Yeah, well, the can- <laughs> the canvas on the on the front on some of those are pretty nice. And then there's a pocket in back sometimes, you know, things like that. Yeah. All right. So since we're on the topic, Lisa, let's talk about our good friends over there at indefenseofpaper.com. And if you're not aware, this is a sponsor for our show. And so they have three different journal types or options for you to choose from. Um, and then within each of these different colors, uh, there's a gray, there's like an orangish color of rust i don't know what to call that one it's got the one with the the pink uh binder on the back that's the one i have yeah and then the black one with a white binder on the back within each of those different styles they've got two different options either a ruled or a dotted and then on the back side of the paper it's blank so you can take notes and you can also draw i think they're a really good thing to carry around with you because you never know if you need to jot down some notes maybe if you're out in the field or something or you're on a trip something like that and you don't want to just sketch the entire time but you also want to journal or you want to take notes about the artwork that you're working on it's a great option to have with you that's what I've been using mine for to do. It's, I'm not really using it as a sketchbook sketchbook. I'm using it as an idea book. So I, because of the dotted area, it's so nice because my writing has a tendency to lean to one side. So I'm able to keep it more straight and write out all of my little bullet points of the idea for that painting or drawing. And then on the other side, I'm doing loose sketches, but it's not something I would... Like, it's not as detailed as mm-hmm. I do in some of the other sketchbooks, but it's working out really nice for that. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I... I love it because, yeah, you can keep your writing um, within margins and stuff like that, and you can kind of pay attention to what you're doing. But those marks on the paper, either the dotted or the ruled, are not real invasive because they're very faint. So if you want to grab yours, you can get 5 bucks off just using the link in the show notes, indefensivepaper.com slash podcast. And those ones are environmentally friendly, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're using renewable resources. Am I wording that right? Nope, you sure are. And that's that's a cool thing about that. They use a mill that's very socially responsible, and I love that. They're not just wasting tons of water unnecessarily. Okay, so next on my list are classes. And this refers to either online or in-person classes. Either one of those options are very, very good. And you can also gift this for somebody if you want to or gift it for yourself. And I I think there's something that is nice about going to an in-person workshop or class or something that you gain from doing that that you just can't get with an online type of class or course. But although, uh, you know, I, I have to mention that it's a good deal, though, to take an online class or course. Lisa and I both teach online, and I, I'm just going to uh, mention you here, Lisa, uh, because I think it's a really good deal. What You can start out on Patreon getting Lisa's, what are they, two hours or something like that? Uh, one to videos? three hours, one to, depending one on One to them. three hours, okay. But their voiceover instruction on tutorials that you're doing, uh, I mean, that's a really great deal for, what is it, four bucks? 
something like that. Yeah, it, as I little mean, as four dollars a month. That that is an incredible deal. Um, you know, do that. Do uh, get the colored pencil magazine. These are very low cost options that I think are phenomenal. One of the things that you can do, I do want to mention, if you're going to gift something like that to somebody, I know some people don't want to just put in their own credit card or bank information because they don't want to, you know, indefinitely be gifting that person classes. You can also get a prepaid credit card to use or like the little just prepaid cards use that as your card when you sign up for if you're signing somebody else up you can do that so you're like okay i'm going to pay for four months or six months or whatever you want to do for them but it's all you know pre-done on that one card so it's not coming out of your bank account it's already prepaid that's awesome all right and then a shameless plug i have to mention my own (laughs) sharpened artist academy I'm so proud of the work that I'm doing over there. The courses that I have available over there are top-notch. The videos, uh, they're hosted on Wistia, and so everything around the video, it matches the workbook, both in color and style. The workbooks that I have, I've got teacher's tips over in the uh, side column. Your turn areas, it gives you some accountability. There's a complete forum section where you have free, unfettered access to me. You can uh, talk back and forth with students as well. You're able to email me and request a critique at any time. I give you a video critique. So, I mean, there's so many other benefits that, um, you know, I could go on and on. I mean, other benefits are that you get first release access to any when the new courses come out and we release a new course every single month. And so I'm very proud of the work that we're doing over there. And the video quality is, you know, I shoot with 4K cameras and then we were able to zoom in on areas that are important. Uh, I could go on and on. But what I'm doing over there is helping colored pencil artists get the transformation that they're after and become the artists that they want to be. So check that out if you haven't yet. Next on my list are easel lights. I've been using one for, I got it from Amazon. It is the Daylight Duo LED Art art and craft lamp with clamp. Wow, that is a long name. But that lamp, they usually run right around $50. Right now, they're a little bit less at the time of of recording this podcast. But these things are wonderful. They're complete. They're adjustable. They don't get hot. They're LED. So they're not going to get hot like some of the other lights I've used. And they are bright. If you paint or work a lot at night or just indoors where the, the room is more dim, these things are a must or any, you know, any light. It doesn't have to be this one, but a good light. You don't want to use your regular, you know, indoor lamps are not suitable. You want to get something specifically that is going to give you that daylight. And these are, I love, they, they are touch adjustable. So I think there want, there must be three or four different levels of brightness. And there are these two little arms that stick out and you can bend it all over the place and get it just in the right light. So if you're struggling with having glare from your normal lights, this one you can position in a way, which by the way, 90 degree angle from your work is really good for that. But you can position it in a way that you're not having a a ton of glare. You can really see what you're doing and not cause strain on your eyes from working in the dark. That's really cool. I just added that to my cart, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they have one that's a clamp Um, lamp that I have clamped onto my easel. That's the mm -hmm. one that I use. They've also got a floor model and a table lamp that that. all should be great. I'm really a sucker for any kind of lamp, though. I mean, I'm always searching for that perfect lamp. That is really cool. All right, so next on my list, I've got the Carl Angel 5, a couple of sharpeners here. The Carl Angel 5, uh, which is such an inexpensive option if you're looking for a good pencil sharpener. You can get it for around 20 bucks. 
uh, give or take, and it has very high reviews. If you look at it re- reviewed anywhere, just such high reviews on that sharpener. And then the second one that I would recommend is the Derwent Superpoint Manual Helical uh, Pencil Sharpener. That one is such a good sharpener as well for colored pencil. What you what happens with these pencil sharpeners is you get an extremely long point. So if you're working on soft paper like Stonehenge or something like that, that's a very important quality to have with your pencil. You want that long point. But the bonus here is that uh, it's not going to waste a lot of the pencil because you're you're sharpening it only to that point. And the tendency often with when using one of these electric pencil sharpeners is it just starts chewing up the pencil. And then the second thing is, depending on the pencils you're using, it will break the tip off. And then you've wasted nearly half the pencil at times. And so these are very good at removing enough of the pencil and you can kind of feel when it's done sharpening the pencil. And so you're actually saving a lot of the pencil instead of wasting it. Next on my list actually would fit really well with yours, especially if you're making like a a stocking full of fun little things that would work well for colored pencil artists, are erasers. There are so many types and they're fairly inexpensive. So you can go anything from the like typical little blocks. Prismacolor has a white block eraser. I've used that for years. There are gum erasers. There are just so many types. Tombow mono erasers, one of my must-haves. I love those electric erasers. All of these, they're fairly inexpensive. So if you're grouping them together, especially that and some different um, varieties of pencil sharpeners, that makes for a really good gift. And especially if you get that little, a cute little stocking to stuff them in, really, really just such a nice, I don't know. For me, I can never have enough erasers. I can never have enough sharpeners. So that would be one of my favorite things. If you're shopping for me, please get me that combination. Very cool. Well, you stole another one on my list. <laughs> hey, you got some of mine on your list that are still stolen. So, so um, Mr. Echo Dot. So yeah, the Tombow Mono, I, I got to mention these uh, as well. These are great. And I think we've mentioned them every year, each year that we've done this show. Um, so if you don't have these yet, why not? You got to get these. Uh, the Tombow Mono Erase, I like both of those that come in the pen form. So they've got the 2.3 ultrafine uh, round millimeter eraser. And then they've got the other one, which is rectangular shaped. And it's a 2.5 by 5 millimeter. And it's also an ultrafine. So obviously, you know, it's that very small little eraser that is in a stick form and you just keep pushing it out as you use it by the back end there like a pin. But then the other eraser that they have that I think a lot of times people aren't aware of this one is the sand eraser. Now that is such a good one. It says for ink on it. I think they ought to reconsider that and put for colored pencil on there because <laughs> it's so nice when you're using colored pencil. If you've done something and you've realized that you know, you've got the wrong color on there or too much pigment in a certain area and you've tried other things like i would recommend trying first using you know your sticky putty or the kneadable eraser and if that doesn't work then this is sort of a last resort uh to use the sanded eraser because it it will you know it's pretty abrasive has a little bit of sand in it obviously that's the reason why it has its name but it does get rid of anything that you don't want on there so nice yeah and the faber castell ink eraser same thing it's that gritty 
um, but wonderful for just lifting up enough pencil. You know, you've got to be careful with those. Don't grind that into your paper because you can burn right through the paper with those. So you've got to, you know, use a light hand, but you can lift off enough pencil that sometimes you can get, you can relayer stuff. It's not going to pull your paper back to white. None of these erasers typically are. Well, I guess it depends on how you worked, but most of the time you're not going to get your paper back totally white, but it can lift enough that you can rework the area quite often. Yeah. Now that, that is an important thing to keep in mind that uh, the way that you the method that you use for that sanded eraser is very important that you do keep an extremely light touch because you are what you're really doing is you're disrupting the fibers in the paper and so you're actually scratching the surface you're not lifting really one more thing I do want to add about erasers. If you are listening to this, you're not an artist yourself and you're just looking to buy things for an artist member or family member or friend, don't buy like purple erasers, pink erasers, those right. fun erasers like that for kids. That's not for artwork. Those can actually leave marks of the color on the paper. So you want to yeah. avoid any of those. Yeah, because they have ink in them. They have dyes. Yeah, there's actual in color yeah. in the, the eraser to get on that Bad color. Idea. So you don't yeah. want those. All right. So while we're on erasers, though, the uh, battery-operated Stedler is the one I prefer. Tried a lot of different electric erasers. That's the one that I feel like has worked the best, especially for colored pencil. Uh, that little rotation in the uh, bearing up there at the top where the, the stick of eraser, that plastic eraser is, seems to be more stable than in any of the other ones that I've used. And it's just a very nice eraser to use. Yeah. And if you have an, another, that's a good thing to bring up. If you have another... Um, electric eraser and you have problems with that where the eraser just keeps sliding down. One of the things that I have done is take a little, like the smallest piece of masking tape, wrap it around the bottom half of the Mm -hmm. eraser and it gives it just enough width that it'll hold it in place better. So I've been able to kind of mess with it and get it to work a a bit more if you do have those problems with some of the other ones. That's a really good tip because here's, you probably noticed this too, Lisa, but this is what I've noticed when I've ordered uh, replacements. I ordered like a package of replacements. I don't know. It may have 20 or 30 in there. What happens is they're not always the same and that is due to some types of how plastics are handled and shipped and things like that. When they're getting some of these materials from overseas, they change my point is that they change the ingredients in these things. The the materials that they use are not always the same and so sometimes, you know, depending on the press they're using and everything else involved, they could be different than the last time that you bought them. So, yeah, that's a yeah. good tip. Just Okay, so next, I think we both have colored pencils on our list. I think that makes sense a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you've not bought Luminance pencils yet, get yourself some Luminance pencils. You hear us talk about them all the time. Um, I hope you do. And one thing that I, I like to bring up and say about the Luminance pencils is that and I talk about this in, in my courses, you're not really spending more money when you buy a more expensive pencil like that. Not much more money because they last, the tip lasts a lot longer. And, you know, it's just the other day, somebody in one of my courses uh, told me, they said that I'm finally using my Luminance pencils. I got them for, as a birthday gift two years ago, said, but I, I felt like they were so precious I couldn't use them. And I was so glad that she's finally using them, but I felt so sad inside because it's like, man. And she was like, I don't know why I didn't use these earlier. They're they're awesome. 
and uh, they, the tip lasts a long time and all that. And I was like, yes, that's the reason why you want to use these. They're really not that much more expensive when you consider that you're going to use them longer than a lot of other pencils in a similar category. Okay, so yeah, if nothing else, just because they don't break every time you yeah, use them, yeah, which is exactly. a big bonus. <laughs> I like that every time you look at them. So the Derwent drawing pencils are, again, another one of my favorites. I've kind of rekindled my passion for these pencils. So nice to use. Um, these muted types of colors that they have in this set, and they're all light fast. And then the Derwent Lightfast pencils, I think, are a good option, too. I wouldn't recommend that you just go out and buy the Derwent Lightfast if... You're just getting started with colored pencils or if you feel like you need a good stable second set of pencils just because of the lack of uh, so many color choices in that set right now but in the future i think that will uh, improve as far as the color selection choices uh, i think that they'll come out with a larger set but still they're very very nice pencils yeah and and addition to your regular colored pencils, of course, we, you didn't mention polychromos. What's wrong with you? Well, polychromos I, is the best I, wanna, for me. I don't want to sit here and list like 20 different <laughs> brands. I mean, there are but, so many. And it, yeah, there are so many great colored pencils. Yeah. If you want to get someone a gift, you don't have to get them a full set. You can get them a handful of pencils or even a set of 12. A set of 12 colors really is normally enough to do a whole lot with. Just make sure that that set, I would say, has at least white in it, if not white, um, or white and black for me. So I'll a lot of people don't like black. I use both white and black and not every uh, small set has have those colors in them. So check with that. But you don't have to get a full, full set. If you want somebody just to try out a few different pencils, you can get two pencils from each of these sets for them to play around with. So that's really helpful. And next on my list, in addition to, I guess it could be just a continuation of yours, ink tense pencils and watercolor pencils, both water soluble or even water soluble graphite, which are extremely inexpensive for how amazing they are to work with. One of the most fun mediums, in my opinion. But these water soluble pencils, oh, again, ink tense, watercolor, uh, graphite, they are so much fun to work in. And so if it's a colored pencil artist, especially if they've not used those, those are a blast, especially in sketchbooks, because you can get things done so quickly, whereas colored pencil tends to be a lot slower. Mm -hmm. These are wonderful. All of them can be used as an underpainting for your colored pencil as well, which is great. So those, along with a watercolor type sketchbook, would be such a great gift that's, you know, you can get, let's say, the water-soluble graphite and a, a decent smaller, maybe a six by nine, five by seven, right around there. I don't know. I'm making up numbers now. But a little ske watercolor sketchbook for under $30. That's a really nice, complete gift where the person can get started working right now. They have everything they need besides the water. Although with the watercolor pencils or ink tense pencils, you would also need to get them a, a paintbrush to go with that. But the, the water-soluble graphite from Faber-Castell comes with one. So that set with the sketchbook, a watercolor sketchbook, that's everything an artist would need to get started in that medium, which is really an inexpensive, complete gift. I love it that you said, except for the water. Yeah, they, they got to have water. <laughs> and you can get, actually, we should add to the list water brushes if you go that route. Mm -hmm. I love, Those Derwins are, are my favorites. Those water brushes hold water in the back end of them, and you just squeeze them a little bit, and that will activate the watercolor or water-based soluble pencil as you're working. So those are really those are yeah, nice. let's add that to my list. Yeah, that makes it water, so water fast, too, because you don't have to it sit is. there and dip water all the time. Yeah, those are nice. 
Okay, next on my list are pan pastels. If you don't have any pan pastels, I would highly recommend these. Uh, they're so nice to do just like a soft underpainting for your uh, color pencil work. Because you can work your colored pencils, either wax or oil-based colored pencils, right on top of anything that you've done in sand pastel. Now, it kind of varies uh, a little bit, and you just test and figure out what, what will work good with whatever the support is that you're using. So different papers, you know, respond differently. But especially with sanded paper, this works so well. If you decide that you want to get a background in there, you want to do it quickly, you want a bouquet look, or you want... Anything that, um, you know, will blend nicely with colored pencils, something that works really well. It doesn't look like a disruption to the medium when you're talking about pairing different mediums together in a mixed media sense. These work so well together, they look very similar to each other. I'm talking about pan pastel and colored pencil side by side. Yeah, so they work so nice. So if you don't have a set of those, go and do your research over there at panpastel.com and take a look and see, you know, what might work well for you. I just got the 20 set and I'm very happy with all the colors in that set. But there's so much information over there at their uh, website. But we'll have that linked up in the show notes and then some options that I think would uh, serve you really well if you've not uh, used these yet. It is one of my favorite ways to work with colored pencil now. It saved so much time. I worked on sanded paper. It was just such an, the combination. I was not expecting to like it very much at all because I'm not a real pastel person. I don't, I love the look of pastels. I mm-hmm. hate the feel of it on my hands. And these didn't have that issue. These didn't, I didn't feel dry and chalky. It wasn't super, I was expecting it to be really messy, like what I've experienced before with pastels. They really weren't. They were wonderful. Definitely one of my favorites to use as mixed media with colored pencil now. Yeah, and they don't cause a lot of dust like you get from the sticks. And that's another bonus there. You know, I'm laughing because, um, yeah, I think I converted a lot of my um, students inside the portrait course right now. Uh, A lot of them went out and bought the (laughs) pan pastels after I showed that demonstration on video in there because it until you use them or see them being used. I mean, you just don't know that these things. I mean, it's such a nice thing to use with colored pencil. Next on my list, which goes along with my water-soluble medium I was talking about before. Now, you wouldn't need this for pencils, but if you also, if the artist likes to do maybe a base layer of ink or work ink in with their colored pencils, a porcelain palette. I have a little one I just bought that's just under five inches. It's small. It's convenient. I had previously been using like disposable plates and such, and it just wasn't practical. And my friend Lindsay, the frugal crafter, if you know her on YouTube, she uses one of these little porcelain plates every or porcelain palettes. And every time I see or use it, I get so jealous. I finally bought myself one. They're fairly inexpensive. I, mine was under $12, but really a nice gift if you know somebody who likes to mix in ink or watercolor and, and stuff like that. This is going to keep it. It's not going to stain like a plastic palette would. So that one is really, really nice. Yeah. So that's the benefit, I guess, right there is that the plastic ones just stain and this, this stays yeah. real nice looking. Oh, cool. All right. E- very easy to clean. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next on my list, and this one may sound kind of odd if we're talking about um, colored pencil art, but what happens with colored pencil artists is we have to take photo references and then take those back to our studio and use, you know, whatever this digital or printed out photo is, is showing us. And so you have to have a camera. And if you want to go with something a little bit better than your phone camera, 
then one that I would highly recommend is the Panasonic Lumix G7 mirrorless camera. Usually you can buy it with 3.5 to 5.6 lens on it as a lens kit option. And then if you pick up a Rode microphone, that video microphone, uh, it's fairly inexpensive as well. And it sounds really, really good. I use it as a second backup mic in case my Tascam DR05 doesn't work. Then I know that the the audio from that particular camera on that uh, with that mic is going to pick up and sound really nice. But this particular G7 camera will shoot in 4K video too. So if you... Uh, you know, it, it shoots in RAW, so you can get very high-quality images. But if you want some video as well, it shoots in 4K, which is unheard of for 500 bucks. I mean, it's usually around $500. And I don't know how they did this, but they compacted this thing in this small, real tiny form factor. But it also has a flip-out LCD, so you can see yourself in front of it in case you want to start doing some YouTube videos or something like that. You know, there's so many options on this small little camera, and it's it's just one to get if you want want to start, you know, up leveling in your photo taking and in your video. Uh, I would highly recommend it. And if the the artist that you're shopping for already has a camera, the SD cards, mini SD or micro SD cards, I never have enough of those. That is one of those mm-hmm. things. Another one, if, if you're shopping for me, get me some SD cards. I always need those. Make sure you get decent ones. The ones that I use, I really like the SanDisk. I've had great results with those. But get make sure you don't get the ones that are super slow. The ones that I'm using are a UHS-1. So if you get into where that, instead of a 1, you have higher numbers, they can, you know, the card can be pretty slow. Um watch out for that. We'll put a link to the one that I personally really like in the description. It's fairly inexpensive for the quality or, you know, the results that I've gotten with that one. And yes, there are better ones you can get, but don't go less than this one, I would say, if you are going to shop for somebody. This one is, a again, that U1, its speed class is 10. So that is important when, when shooting video or photos. More important with video, but... Yeah, SD cards, they're not terribly expensive, and an artist who takes the photos, reference photos, can almost always use more. Yeah, and they've really come down in price quite a bit, and you can get a 256 gigabyte SD card now uh, relatively inexpensively. Uh, I mean, it's compared to the prices that you used to see on the 64 or the 128. And speaking about, you know, the class of uh, the type of card, uh, yeah, you do want to look at that. Uh, The class 10 is typically the one that you want to... Uh, use for better high-end cameras. Now, you do want to look at, uh, there's typically a chart uh, that's associated with whatever the camera is that you're going to be using. So just be aware of that because you can get a card that outclasses the camera that you're using and then it's no good to you because it's not going to work. So, yeah, and and it'll actually go slower uh, sometimes and uh, the read and write actually might be slower on a higher speed card. So you got to watch that. Yeah, I personally generally go with either 64 or 128 gigabyte cards. I don't go larger because I don't think my laptop, I'm not, my new one might be, or well, not new, it's a couple of years old, but some of the laptops, just even a few years old, can't handle SD cards that large. So even though hmm, I'm using the higher class, the higher it. speed, yeah. using the low, uh, slightly lower gigabytes, I've had, um, that works out well for me. But I know some of the video cameras, it's, it was the same thing. They couldn't handle if you went up to like, they have 400 gigabyte SD cards now. And some of the, the if you've got a video camera that's a few years old, it may not be able to handle that. 
Yeah, four hundred. I, I could, I could see. But that. the sixty-four and the one twenty-eight is plenty. When you get into four K cameras, they're probably going to be able to handle the higher. You know, the, you'll need more gigabytes. Yeah, you, space. you absolutely do need it, or you'll run out of space real quick. Okay, so next on my list, I'm not going to call her by the name that I typically use, but it is the Amazon Echo Dot. And uh, Lisa and I were talking about this ahead of time, and we, we decided to throw in Smart Plug as well. So. As an added benefit. So if you don't have, I, I'm laughing, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm laughing because it just makes us artists sound so lazy. But if you, if you don't have this, it makes your life so nice. It's kind of like back before there were remote controls for TVs before we <laughs> were born. And then now it, later you've got a remote control. You didn't have to move off your butt and do anything. So it's the same thing. I mean, you can even have, you know, you can play music, obviously. You can have her play music. You can have this device play your audiobooks, which is nice. You can have it even play, audibly play some of your Kindle books as well. A lot of people don't know that it'll do that, but it will. So there, and there's, the list can go on and on. There's so many different things you can do with this. You can set alarms. You can uh, set reminders. You can call other people that have the same device, uh, things like that. Um, you can pair it up with another speaker. So actually, I want to go back to the Echo Dot. This is what I'm using, but any of the Echo devices, the thing that I'm using them for the most, I listen to audiobooks and music, and my husband will come in the room while I'm working, whether I'm painting, and it's worse when I'm painting than with colored pencil, but it's still, either way, ends up being an issue for me. But if I'm painting, and I can't stop because it'll start to dry too quick, and my audiobook is playing, and he wants to come in and tell me something or talk to me about random things. And I always would have to tell him, hold on, I can't stop right now. And he'd get irritated with me. Like, I mean, we weren't having fights or anything over it, but he would get irritated like, oh, I see this is more important than me right now. I mean, he never said it, but you know, that's what he's thinking. I can tell by the look on his face. But it was like, I can't stop the book, but I can't hear you and the book playing at the same time. Since I put this Echo Spot, I got it about a year ago. Oh my God. Gosh, this has been amazing because I can just tell it, use the call name. We'll we'll use Echo. There's another name I use, but I don't want to wake mine up. Mm -hmm. But tell, you know, Echo stop or Echo pause. I don't, it's so easy. I can continue painting. I'm not damaging the dry time, but I'm also not irritating my husband by telling him, I can't listen to you talk right now. You're going to have to come back later. So that I use it all the time. I will also ask it regularly if I'm, there have been times where I'm cutting mats and I need a measurement and I can ask, you know, Echo, what's such and such divided by this or what this times this because I am terrible at math. And she'll tell you right there. There are so many times, I've got two in my studio because I'm a little obsessed, but I use it for that. I use it, again, with the smart plugs. I use the Wemo smart plugs. The minis are my favorites. And I use those to turn lights on and off because I have them. The biggest thing for me is that where I've got the plugs are not in, in areas I can reach. They're behind a desk. One's behind a workbench. One is behind the shelves that hold all my canvases. I can't get to them to turn them on and off. It was a huge deal. So when I put the smart plugs in, I can now tell it to turn it on and off. And I don't have to, you know, climb behind a desk or climb behind things, even though I've got them plugged into to random areas in the studio. But these are, I can't imagine being without my, my, Echo devices in the mm-hmm. studio now. I've gotten so used to using them, and they just make things so much easier for me. But the, yeah, playing audiobooks and playing music is probably the most useful for just telling it to pause or play when somebody comes in the room or I'm doing something and I need to stop it without having to get up, cross the room. It, it, it's been really nice. Or if my hands are messy, if I've got pastels or paint or something all over it. I used to listen to my audiobooks on my phone, but I didn't want to get paint and, and such all over the phone to hit pause. I don't have to do any of that anymore. So everything stays nice and clean and 
Yeah, it's and th- been wonderful. And the low barrier to entry is the Echo Dot. I actually have the the Echo Plus, but it just adds a speaker, uh, larger speaker to it. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many other uh, in between little devices now that you that you can uh, go with as well. But it's such a nice have uh, for an artist. I mean, because we're typically listening to things and we're not watching things, you know, or we shouldn't be. We should be looking at our artwork. <laughs> Okay, I've got a couple more things we'll quickly go through. One, Velcro cable management. If your studio looks anything like mine, or maybe you just need them for around your house with cables all over, these little things, I use it for wrapping up. Heck, I use it on my my hair dryer and my my flat iron. I use them on everything. But I wrap, it's a little cheapy Velcro strip. You get a set of like 50 of them for usually under 7 or $8. And it makes it easy to wrap up the cord so you don't have cords loosely floating around everywhere. For me, with recording the cameras or my lights or anything else. It just makes it really easy to manage your cables and it is fairly inexpensive. Along with that, just because I like organizing, is a desk organizer. You can get really pretty ones that hold your pencils. I've got one that holds my pencils in one area. I've got my Gamsol or my my odorless mineral spirits in another, a little square that I can throw my pencils into, another little, you know, just desk organizers, the things that you would see, uh, very similar to a kitchen drawer organizer. But the desk ones are prettier, and it makes it so nice to keep all of your little pieces, the little things you use. Let's say you use the touch-up texture from Brush and Pencil com. You have a little section in those organizers. You can put that. You, I mean, for everything, you can can really put a lot of stuff in these little organizers to make it easy to find what you're looking for when you need it. So speaking of brush and pencil, I have to mention the uh, powder blender. I don't think we mentioned that yet. And that is something that you've got to have if you're a colored pencil artist, or it is a very nice thing to have. Because if you're wanting to uh, speed up that process and you're wanting to just start blending the current hue that you're using, the current pencils that you're using uh, whenever you're on your project, that's an added bonus or benefit that you can get with the powder blender that you can't get with using pan pastels because you're you're trying to mix and figure out what that color is. But if you're using powder blender, you're able to use your colored pencils and just uh, create like this uh, soft uh, bokeh effect on backgrounds, on skin texture, and different things like that. It is something I would say that if you've not used this yet, that put add that to your list, definitely. I love that. And you can get a full kit. If you buy it from mm-hmm. their website, they have a whole kit with everything. But it's also available on Dick Blick. Um, I want to say That's it's Jackson's has it in the UK. It's available all over the place. We'll put links yeah. in the description. But this is, it makes things go really fast. Like if I'm going to do a big project with colored pencil, I'm probably going to be using Powder Blender because it saves a lot of time. If mm-hmm. you want to work with on sanded paper, so if you're buying this as a gift for somebody, Pick up a, a pack of like UR. Oh my gosh, it's a whole different experience mm-hmm. of working with colored pencils. It's not like blending with OMS or just layering and, and no, burnishing isn't. and such. It's a completely different way to work and really, really enjoyable. I love the results I get with that product. Yeah, just remember to, uh, you know, test with it, practice with it. it. There is a slight learning curve and spray oh, yeah. in between your layers. But like John said, there is a learning curve. There's, it, it's a very diff, it, you feel almost like you're working in a different medium, even though you're using your pencils and that works best with your oil-based pencils. So like your polychromos, those are my favorite to use with them. Okay. And then last I've got uh, the Air Rocket and the Air Rocket Air, uh, Rocket Air Blaster, I guess is the formal name of it. And we'll have a link to that. But I prefer using that to a brush. If you're trying to remove debris 
from your paper or desk or anywhere like that. Uh, this thing works so well. It's typically used for lenses on cameras, but it works very nice on your artwork. So if you want to remove something and not just brush it into uh, parts of your artwork, you just use that air rocket. It's a hand-squeezed thing, so you're not using a compressed air can or anything like that. This is a very nice thing to have, and they're very inexpensive. You mentioned this on, I think it was last year, and I bought one. I Don't you love that? I love that it's thing. So nice. Because I used to blow on my work, but you end up getting little bits of spit sometimes. Oh, yeah. I don't want spit <laughs> yeah. on my work. And like so it's your birthday allows, every every time yeah, you have to yes. clean your So artwork. there's no spraying. Um, blow the candles I out. <laughs> love that thing. If you guys, it's hard to explain. Like what he's saying, if I didn't know what it was, I'd be like, what is he yeah. talking about? We'll have the link. Look it yeah. up. It's just this little squeezy yeah, device that blows air. And it is, oh my gosh, one of my favorite things that mm-hmm. I bought that you've mentioned. And yeah. I bought a lot of stuff you've mentioned that I love, but that one, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's so nice. Last on my list are drawing boards. You can get a drawing easel type thing. It's a tabletop, runs usually around $40. Uh, at least the one that I've got will have linked or a travel drawing board. These you can tape your, I use masking tape, a acid-free masking tape and tape my artwork to that to draw. And it's just so convenient, especially the travel boards. I like to have several of those because if I've got, for some reason, I'm working on one project and then I start working on another, I usually have, gosh, I must have six of them here. But those ones and then one of the drawing board that's kind of a tabletop easel for your artwork or for drawing um that those are so so helpful and if you know an artist who does not have one of those i'm pretty sure they'll like them all right so maybe you're listening to this list and you're thinking why didn't they mention this product uh that's because we can't think of the things that you think of and we'd like to hear from you you can comment in the show notes over at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast Or you can reach out to us, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. That's the email address for that. Or you can interact with us on Facebook inside the Color Pencil Podcast group on Facebook. Or you, is there another way to get, oh, Twitter. You can do it. I mean, I'm kidding. I could go on and on, couldn't I? Uh, But I'm not going to. There are lots of ways to to contact us. Yeah. All right, so this is a weekly show. If I've not said this lately, I want to say it right now. I really appreciate you, the listener, um, and I'm glad that you're here faithfully every week. That means a lot to both of us, and we'll talk to you again next week. Are you going to say bye? Oh, bye. (laughs) I'm going to leave your O. I was reading something. I know know how that is. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.